Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. To speak today to Bill Willoughby, CEO of Cypress Development Corp. They are a lithium clay uh, developer with assets down in Nevada. The PFS came out recently with some pretty substantial numbers, including a 500 million capex requirement. In today's market, that's going to be tough. But before then, he's got to finance a 7 million dollar pilot plant. Again, where is he going to get that finance from? Strategic partner, raising money in the market. Find out what he has to say. Enjoy the podcast. Bill, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thanks, Matthew. Where are you joining pleasure us from? Pleasure to be here with you. Well, yeah, pleasure to have you on. You've been uh, uh, much in demand from uh, people for the last two or three months, actually. So we finally got you on, which is great. So where in the world are you? I'm in Twin Falls, Idaho, in our office here. Twin Falls, Idaho. The world famous Twin Falls. South of Sun Valley, north yeah, of Nevada. I've heard it. I've heard of it. Uh, well, that's, that's good news. And how are you holding up? You're back in the office. Oh, we're doing okay. Yeah. You know, COVID has definitely uh, put a uh, change in lifestyle to everybody. But we're doing business and continuing to work. So. Good. The market cap's up to 30 million during this period from around 20. So something must be going right. Hey, look, why don't we kick off, Bill, with that usual one minute summary of the business, then we'll pick it up from there. Okay. Well, Cyprus, we're focused on an advanced lithium project that's in Nevada. Um, and that's lithium being a strategic commodity, that's of interest, and uh, it's in a favorable mining jurisdiction, of course, in Nevada. The lithium in our deposit is in claystone. It's a large surface deposit. It covers several square miles. The clay is leachable and dilutes sulfuric acid. Uh, leaching, it has high extraction with low acid consumption. Those combined with uh, the location and the deposit characteristics all combined leads us to believe we're going to have a low production cost for lithium out of that project. It's an advanced project. We just completed a PFS in May, had positive economics out of the PFS. It had a 26% internal rate of return, a $1 billion net present value with lithium at $9,500 per ton. It's a long life project. Uh, we had the PFS at 15,000 tons per day, production rate, feeding a mill, which would then produce 27,400 tons per year of lithium product. And that would have an extremely long life of 40 years. Great. So good, good PFS. That's, that's good news. Um, look, before we kind of get stuck into some of the numbers and the, the process by which you're going to deliver this, um, let's, let's start off with right back at the beginning. Okay. So I assume you were there at the beginning. So what did you set out to do? What is it that you're going to be building here and how are you going to deliver it? I actually joined Cyprus in 2017. Before that, uh, 2015, 2016, Cyprus, which has historically been an exploration company, picked up property in Clayton Valley, Nevada, where our deposit is. Um, initial thoughts for the company was to look for a brine deposit. And uh, in the course of exploration work in 2016, they found um, elevated levels of lithium in the clays, uh, values up to like 3,000 parts per million lithium and surface outcrop. In 2017, they began drilling. Uh, I was involved tangentially through another project that I came to Cyprus and quickly we saw that this thing was going to be huge. In terms of size of the clay deposit, it covers several square miles. There's probably 2 billion tons of this clay material out there. 
Okay. And it just looked like a project I wanted to be involved in. So I became CEO in 2017. We moved from there into a resource estimate in 2018, a PEA. Um, and progressed into more metallurgical work, studying how we get the lithium out of the clays and out of the solution from the leachate and on to make a lithium product. So we just completed our PFS two months ago. Okay, let's talk about that. Um, not too many people know about lithium clays, okay? It's, we've, we've spoken to one other company which is trying to do it much earlier stage than you, I think it's Noron Ventures. Um, so most investors are not going to know too much about it. So you've obviously done a lot of work. You've done a lot of metallurgical work. Your PFS stage, the numbers look good. Talk to us about the technology required to be able to extract lithium economically. Well, the process as compared to, say, doing a hard rock lithium project is uh, somewhat different. You don't have drilling and blasting involved. Our deposit, fortunately, has exposed at the surface, so there's no real stripping whatsoever to do. Our overall strip ratio for the entire mine is less than 0.2 to 1. So there's hardly any overburden to remove and it truly is a, just to mine the clay, scoop it out with an excavator, put it on a conveyor belt, deliver it to a mill. At the mill it would look a lot like a conventional say gold leach or a copper leach mill where you have leach tanks, agitated leaching. We'll uh, have probably about a four hour retention time in the tanks. Then uh, from there, you extract the lithium using dilute sulfuric acid into a leachate. Filtration turns out to be a more involved issue than we had imagined at the PEA level. So you separate the solids from the liquids, move that on into a lithium recovery section. And that section looks a lot like, a, say, a water treatment plant and filtration and concentration of lithium before you actually move that solution, that leach solution over into uh, evaporation. And at that point, then it looks a lot at that point, like you might say in a hard rock lithium conversion plant, where you're converting a concentrate without the roasting and um, just recovering the lithium and converting it over into lithium hydroxide. Okay, so again, so tell me the process that you've been through. I mean, have you built a pilot plant and tested this at economic levels? Um, what, what, what do you know for certainty around the technology's ability to be done at a, a, economically. I mean, it comes down to that. I'm, I'm sort of intrigued. Well, we've done it in uh, fairly large batches. We're beyond the 200 milliliter beaker tests, 500 milliliter beaker tests. We've moved up to where we're doing like 40, 50 kilos at a shot, you know, agitated tanks, and then doing the batch filtration from there, and then taking that concentrate or that PLS and then moving that up to, uh, we were using Noram Engineering in Canada for the final processing of the PLS. So we know that we can make a concentrated purified leach solution. And from that, we know we can convert that over into uh, lithium hydroxide through uh, electrolytic cells. So, so what do you need to do next? I mean, do you need to build a pilot plant? We do need to build a pilot plant. That is right. definitely our next step. Scale everything up, prove that the, the solid liquid separation works, prove that we can um, get all the way to the final product. And then what the, drives the real pilot plant project is not so much what we think we need to do, but what end users would need to do or need us to produce for them. So if you have a battery manufacturer and they want to see 10 or 20 kilos of material, 
then you would that would be a goal for the pilot plant. If they want to see several tons, then you have to scale accordingly. Okay. From what we know right now, we know we need probably about a ton a day is what we want to scale the pilot plant at. And how'd you pay for that? Uh, we estimate it's going to be about a $7 million program, full program. There'll be stages in between where we build up to that, but we're budgeting about $7 million for that. And how we get there, that's our goal right now to look at different options for raising that funds. Assuming the, the, you've kind of cracked the technology side of things, that's a tough gig for you because we've spoken to other lithium manufacturers, lithium companies trying to finance pilot plants from all around the world. They're not able to because lithium's just not getting a good hearing at the moment. There's, you know, has been oversupplied. The price is depressed. How do you get it financed? I think part of our Storyline will be we look at government grants to do that. We've applied for several. We're moving ahead and uh, we've got several others that we're looking at in the works. So, so how, we'll see where that develops. How do you qualify for the government grant? What are they, how do they assess? No, how do you apply? I guess how, how you apply is you've got that correct, but um, how do they assess whether you're a viable business or not? Why would they hand over seven million bucks? Well, they probably won't hand over the whole seven million. One grant we've applied for is three and a half and have matched funds. Uh, we're also looking at specialty portions of this. There's uh, rarers contained in our uh, PLS, so that might be an option. We've applied for one $500,000 grant to look at the rare earth aspect of it. But uh, we would have to then say go out to the market to raise our own money or look for a partner to come in and help us with that fundraising. Okay, so let's, let's look at both of those options. So up until recently, you're 31 million market cap today, as I talked to you, you know, up until recently, you were sort of around the 20 million market cap level. Is the market going to listen to a small lithium company in terms of raising what would be, what, two, three million bucks, maybe more? Oh, I think that's a given. I think we can do that. You can do that. I see that. Yeah, I see the progress that we've made in the project and where we sit. We're probably the best value in advanced lithium projects in the United States right now, I would say. So I think uh, moving that forward in the market should be doable. Okay, best in the States. But we're not looking to do that right now. We're not looking to go do a private placement play at this moment. We've got a billion dollars left in our treasury. We uh, have a low burden rate. Uh, we can afford to be patient and we are talking to various people so at what, what point yeah, do you build the future's a pilot bright plant? for cyprus great but what, at what point do you buy uh, need to fund the pilot plant oh we would like to do that by the last quarter this year so somewhere october right you will need to raise some money later this year um probably probably we'll take a look at that okay okay yeah. and what are the other options you said well looking for uh, somebody who wants to partner on the project that has uh, assets or finances to bring and uh, we have several people that we've talked to on companies on that regard. Like what, in the U.S. or from elsewhere in the world? In the U.S. What we really want to find in a partner or anybody who comes to the project is a definite interest in uh, producing lithium in the United States. Now, as you know, there's three gigawatt sort of back battery factories either being expanded or built in the U.S. You know, all of those expand to their full capacity that would be somewhere around what maybe 103 gigawatt hours each possibly uh, you can see all of the lithium that's produced by every little lithium project in the u.s 
being needed to feed those plants. So getting a strategic partner, I think you're suggesting potentially some sort of automotive partner or, or at least battery manufacturer in the US. Aren't they going to need a better understanding of the the grade that you're going to be able to produce that, you know, you know, the technical component here. It's kind of, it feels like horse before cart. They're not going to fund you on a pilot plan unless they know that they're going to be able to get the right product out the other end. And the point of the pilot plan is to show that you can get the right product out the other end. Well, it's to show that you can scale up and um, that you can produce it consistently. We're confident that the point that we are in the process that we can produce a lithium solution, which you can commercially convert at a production scale into lithium hydroxide already. What we need to know is what happens inside of the plant as we say recirculate loads, various um, solution streams in the plant and feed those back into the lead circuit. What happens over time? Do we need to have a bleed stream? Do we uh, just continue to run and to make sure there's no fouling in the plant from other elements. But as far as the whole process goes, I think it's a uh, fairly solid plan to lay out in front of say, let's finance this pilot plan and move forward with it. Okay, so you're having a bunch of conversations with strategic partners. Presumably, I think money is more important than assets for that partner right now. Um, What are they asking of you? What's their expectation of you in these conversations? What do they need? What level do they need you you to be at? Because obviously PFS is one thing, but they need a bit more certainty to this, don't they? I don't know that they necessarily do. I think we are at the point where certainly funding a pilot plant is a nominal expenditure in terms of research and development compared to the potential gain of having a, a producing project of this size and quality. So definitely for the several companies we've talked to, there's an interest right now in moving forward where we're at. So, okay. And if we have to go to the market to raise the part of the matching funds or however we do that, I think we'll keep them. So, okay. okay. I don't see us stalling necessarily in the last quarter this year. I think we'll just keep moving. We're certainly doing test work right now leading up to the pilot plant that would give uh, another company uh, confidence in what we're doing and that the process works. Right. So, and as I said, one of our issues is filtration. Um, we had a fairly costly solution to that in the PFS. We're looking at a way right now that could really cut that down, looking at a flocculant that could save the uh, time and expense over the type of filtration setup we had in the PFS. Okay. So you, you we have some really positive gains in front of us. Okay. So, th- so you're... You're going through a process of refining all the time and you're trying to understand how you can do things more economically, better. I, I, get, I get all of that. So, but but just, on the, just on the partner component, again, just, just give me a sense of what it is that you're hoping to put together there, whether it be, whatever this partnership looks like. Are they, you're the technical solution and they're the money. Is that, is, is that it? Or are they a hands, hands-off uh, partner? that just want the end product? I mean, what, what sorts of conversations are you having? With, with what types of companies, I guess? Uh, we're having conversations with uh, industrial partners, uh, miner, miners and chemical companies. So they would be very hands-on. Um, the end users would be hands-on at uh, what quality of product comes out the, 
the end of the plant? Do we want lithium hydroxide, lithium carbonate? Uh, what quality does this have to be to meet a certain battery company specs? So we are having input in both of those. Okay, and let's let's look locally. I mean, you need licenses and permits, and so where are you with with all of that? Because that's a continuous, ongoing process. Uh, so I think someone sent a question in here talking about any recent discussions with the Nevada's Division of Water Resources, for instance. That would be leading towards water rights, and uh, no, we haven't had a discussion with the Department of Water Resources yet. Um, we are pursuing other options, and we do have a strategy as far as acquiring a water supply for the project, whether it's in Clayton Valley or another valley. I think we have a solution in front of us. The uh, environmental aspects of this project look like they're entirely doable. Our project sits right next to Clayton Valley's uh, Silver Peak operation of Albemarle's. It's a brine operation. So in that respect, we're virtually a brownfields type of development. Uh, a lot of the environment has already been studied there as with respect to that project and uh, others that are around in the valley. Uh, we have been doing baseline work since last year. Uh, we've got some studies going right now. As far as uh, flora and fauna, uh, so far there's no red flags that have jumped up to say oh, we've got sage grouse or a certain type of grass or any of that. So I think we're uh, moving ahead. We're in pretty good shape on the, the permitting side. Okay. And once we get to the point of actually doing permitting, then it's a set process. We have to do a plan of operations. The plan of operations will trigger an EIS. The EIS will have now, say, a one-year time frame. And then from there, it's a case of finance the project and go into construction. Your CapEx is $493 million USD. That's a big project. That's a big CapEx. Um, do you think you're going to have interested parties? Again, we're speaking to two groups who've got similar size CapEx requirements now. And they're struggling. Um, why are you going to be different? Well, I don't think that we necessarily have to build that size of project to begin. I think, and I saw one question that came in, and that was, can you build a smaller project? Well, we're definitely scalable on the downside. We can, say, build half of the project, say, instead of 27,000 tons a year, we're doing 13,000 tons a year of lithium product. To do that, we would build half the size of an acid plant. The entire scope of clay projects, size and the production rate, that's all related to the supply of sulfur because you need it to make sulfuric acid. So instead of building a 2,500 ton a day sulfuric acid plant, we'd stay instead look at a 12,500 ton a day acid plant or perhaps smaller. And then start up from there, show that the process works, build it modular so that we could add on and uh, eventually scale up to the full production of PFS. Okay. Have you, have you looked at the numbers around that? Some, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've looked at a half size project. It still works. A lot of the costs are linear. Now, the acid plant wouldn't be necessarily 140 million now, it might be 80 million, but um, other costs in the project would scale down. Okay. Obviously, you know, that is a model which works for some people, you know, getting into production, showing a route to market, showing the, the ability to um, understand the technical aspects and the, and, the, and the capex is attractive. Is that your preference to go smaller? 
Uh, not necessarily. I think uh, we scoped it out at a reasonable rate and uh, we find the right financing to do a half billion dollar project. I think that would be the ideal target size to start out. Okay. I can see a way that we could actually produce more lithium from that point in the entire process, either by grade or by uh, increasing the production rate slightly. Okay. Are you the guys to build it? We could be. Could be. Definitely could be. Our technical group inside of Cypress is excellent. Uh, we've got several PhDs and operators that have worked for, with our company and I'm just consultants and advisors. So I definitely see the skill set that we can do that with. Do you want and just because we don't have every part that we need have right now doesn't mean we can go out and hire people and, and build what we need. Do you want to? Hmm. I'll see how, the, how it plays out. And we're open to options, you know. Keeping your options on the table, okay. <laughs> Everything's for sale at the right price. It's just what's the right price. So. Right, but, but that's that's a different question. It's like if the right price comes along, you, you, you'll, you'll sell it. I get it. But do you want to, if you've got the energy to go through the process of building a mine? Personally, I do. So I think we could carry it forward. Okay, okay. Um, I, I still haven't really comes to any sort of conclusion around um, understanding the, how the market feels about brines versus hard rock versus clays. It seems to be, you know, brine seems to get a much better PR than hard rock, which gets a much better PR than clays. So, I mean, how would you answer that? Well, with brines, you have a long history of production, and that's a known quantity. You know that if you can uh, pump and evaporate uh, lithium brine, and it's uh, 700 parts per million lithium in the brine, that you're going to be able to work with it and recover it. There, it's mostly a location issue, however. You know, you're in Latin America for the brine projects of size in the world, uh, although we're right next to the oldest and first producing brine, which was uh, the Silver Peak operation. The uh, brines in Latin America, you're in a different jurisdiction. You're not in a stable location like you are in Nevada. In the case of hard rock, you now have a case where you're mining, drilling and blasting, going through a milling process, then you produce a concentrate. That concentrate has to be converted over. So you're doing a virtual roast leach on that concentrate to get to the same point we are with the clays. So in a clay, we offer the simplicity of being able to go from the mine all the way through the end process and one, pick it up, move it, and get to the end point without having to ship it to a, a conversion plant. That's a benefit in terms of cost. The um, fact is no one's done this yet at scale. Clay deposits, uh, there's several large ones. Thacker Pass of Lithium Americas is the one that's furthest along. We have Ioneer to our west at Rhylite Ridge. They're uh, finished a bankable feasibility study. They're looking at a, a plan of operations and moving that project towards production. And you have Bacanora and Sonora, which is uh, you know, another clay deposit. They actually go through a roasting process or have done that, not a direct leach. So until one of those, including ourselves, projects advance and show that we can produce lithium and recover it at a production scale, it's an unknown. And we recognize that. But I think it's worth the effort. And certainly, these other companies are well advanced. They have financing behind them. And they're uh, moving towards production. So I would say, yeah, there's skepticism. But 
in terms of overall cost, if everything played out the way we have estimated it, we would be a low, lowest quartile in production cost producer. Okay. So okay. given the size, given the cost, there's real benefits to work forward. Okay, so you reckon the economics will be there? I mean, you said that they're all working their way towards production. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm seeing that. I don't know if I'm seeing anyone getting funded other than rather sort of superficially to kind of get various studies done. So um, when do you think the market picks up? When do you think the interest in the market picks up enough to start backing lithium projects? Hmm. I, that's a good question. Um, it might take one of the... Uh, several projects that I just mentioned to get into production. And I know Lithium Americas is looking at a reduced rate. Originally, they were going to do 30 to 60,000 tons a year of lithium carbonate. Now they're talking about less, like 20,000 tons. Um, Ioneer is dependent upon uh, boric acid as well as lithium, so they're a co-product mine. That might move ahead just on the, the fundamentals of uh, boric acid. But uh, I could see any one of those mines moving forward in the next two years, right. getting to production. I mean, I think that's my point, though. It seems they get, some of these companies get funded now to be able to get into production in, in two years' time, which you know, may or may not be the right timing for the marketplace. But I'm saying right now, I'm not seeing a lot of movement or noise around lithium companies getting funded, so uh, for production anyway for production. So, I mean, does that affect your ability to go and have conversations in the market later this year? I don't think it affects my ability to have those conversations since we're at a developmental stage and we're not looking for the $200, $500 million check to be written yet. Um, these other companies, they obviously have a um, permitting stage and a, a um, construction stage that they're going to have to go through. So to see production come out of any one in the next two years is um, optimistic. But I would say within a five-year time frame, including ours, we could see production. Um, can I just ask that, actually, one, one, one last thing. is like, so you've been there since 2017. How has the company remunerated you? How do you get paid? I get um, a monthly salary of, I don't know, want to tell you the dollar amount, but I'm... Uh, Relatively cheap for CEOs, uh, monthly salary plus some in stock. I right. take a portion in stock optionally. So. Do, you, do you buy stock as well in the market? I do. You do? Yeah. You bought recently? Yeah, yeah a little bit, but uh, mainly I've uh, put quite a bit into the private placements that we've had in the past. And those come up and when, uh, say, uh, we have say, warrants expiring, then I would... I'd, I would uh, I participate that way. Okay. So okay. yeah, I have quite a bit of my own personal stake now. Um, I'd say a chunk of my retirement has gone into my belief that this is a good company and that we will get somewhere. Okay. And what's so? What's your monthly burn rate at the moment then? Uh, I'd say we're about twenty-five thousand Canadian a month. So we've, you know, we keep it pretty lean. Our uh, salaries are low and. Uh, We've got enough to last well into next year where we're sitting right now. Okay. And so well, we cut back a few things with COVID in March. Um, certainly travel, uh, unnecessary travel. Um, reduced our marketing and uh, some overheads and 
made it lean because we didn't know how long the COVID situation would last. So we're conservative that way. And okay. We're just cautious. And we'll, you know, there's certainly one company in our space which is making a lot of noise right now with their share price. And uh, we're not that style of company. We're cautious and uh, we stick to the basics. And we're not promoters that believe that you should go out and pop your stock based on uh, intangible things that you haven't really tested yet. So that's probably more than I wanted to say about that. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Bill, look, appreciate your time today. Thanks very much for running through the story. Uh, sounds like you've done a lot very quickly, which is great. Um, you still got a ways to go, a lot to deliver. Um, stay in touch, pick up the phone, be really interested to see how you get on. Thank you. Okay, great. Yeah, this is a good, tough conversation that we had. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.